Welcome to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. I'm Nick Sinclair and this is the go-to podcast if you're an accountant and looking to set up and build a high-performing offshore team for your accounting firm. Here you can learn how to complement your local efforts, grow capacity and deliver more to clients than ever before. Hear from experts who have done it already. Let's go. Hi, I'm Heather with Drill Down Solution, and you're listening to the Outsourced Accounting Podcast. Alrighty, so tell us a little bit about your business and the history. Alright, I'm Heather Porter with Drill Down Solution. Yeah, um, Drill Down Solution is an accounting and consulting firm. Um, we opened our doors in 2004. Um, we started as your standard um, accounting firm with um, billing by the hour and um, we're quite successful at it um, but over the last year year and a half we've made a shift where we're really focusing on providing value more than billable hours um, and so we're going to have we've gone to a, a value-based um, model as far as our accounting services um, and we are primarily focused on the dental industry um, because we know it well um, the founders of um, our company which originally had a different name um, went to uh, they also launched a product called um, dental intelligence and through that we've just had a really good association with dentistry and we understand it really well. And so we, we've made it our primary focus moving forward. Excellent. So give us an overview of your team structure uh, locally. You're based in Utah. So give us an idea of the team there and then the global team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a team of about 15 in the States. Um, most come to the office at least um, to some degree. Um, right now I'm working full-time from home, um, but um, the majority do still go in the office. I think um, we have a really good company culture and people just really like to be there. Um, so um, anyway, so the majority of our people do come into the office. We do have remote workers within the US, um, mostly within our bookkeeping department. Um, we have, um, three or four people who come in once or twice a week. And then we do have one person that is fully remote in Oregon. Um, as far as our offshore team, we have two at the moment. Um, <clears throat> and it, it's really been a great experience for us overall. Um, but we can get more into that later. <laughs> Excellent. So the story of setting up your offshore team, what were the motivations behind this versus obviously the other priorities that you have within your business? Right. Um, it, you know, we had a change in ownership. Uh, three of the um, CPAs that worked at the firm uh, for long periods of time bought out their original owners so they could focus on other um, companies that they have. And um, with that, we decided to make a shift to that value-based um, model that we talked about. And through that, we, instead of going through the traditional, you have a CPA, you only work the, with a CPA 
type relationship with our clients. We've built a team and um, the TOA team, the our offshore team has been integral to making that successful um, because it's not just one person trying to do everything for their group of clients. We have um, client excellence coordinators and uh, bookkeepers that um, help us do with, excuse me, we have um, client excellence coordinators and bookkeepers who help us with um, keeping our clients organized and communication with them um, so that the CPAs can focus on really um, connecting with our client base. So um, it's been a positive experience for us for sure. Excellent. And how did you go about getting set up? How did you find us um, and what was the process and how long did it roughly take your business to go down that process? Um, so I'm kind of new to the company, so I missed some of that. Um, but my understanding is that um, through a mastermind program for accountants, they um, heard about TOA. Uh, reached out to you guys and uh, found out how great you are to work with and found out your vetting process is really as good as ours, maybe even better. <laughs> and um, we um, decided to try that out. Um, our onboarding process has been a little bumpy for sure, um, mostly because we didn't really know what we were doing. <laughs> um, so it was our first time even though we have people who work remote in the U.S., and it's, it's the first time we've done anything offshore like this. And so we were still kind of figuring out our um, new shift in business model, which uh, made it hard for us to really set expectations. Um, so uh, if we um, had some bumpiness um, as we got going, and we're still figuring things out, to be honest. But... Um, we are doing great. Our um, team members are doing great. I hope that they like working with us. We try to think of them as part of our um, company rather than as um, somebody we've outsourced to. And I think they've responded to that. Yeah, excellent. They definitely do. And that's the, I suppose, the best approach we find with with, our, with all clients is that the more you treat them like a, another office of yours, obviously the better because um, that's really what they are. So for someone looking to set up an offshore team, what advice would you give them to move as quickly as possible? What would be three critical things that you would focus your time on if you were to do it again? I think um, it would be important to really be clear on what you want from an offshore team and to really set expectations um, not only for the offshore team, but also with our internal team of what that looked like. Um, and then um, constant communication. The more we communicate, um, the easier it gets. <laughs> Excellent. And if you had a word or a phrase to describe the value that your offshore team has provided since they've been with you, what would it be? Um, I would say great people equals great business. And we have great people that are helping us build a great business. I love that one. So do you as a business have a people strategy mapped out? And if you do, what's the ratio of onshore versus offshore um, in the medium to long term? 
Um, we do not have a pupil plan. <laughs> it's something that is on our radar, however, um, but we are um, shifting. We're still kind of adjusting to the, the big shift that we've done in the last 18 months, and um, we're still figuring out what that picture looks like. And so that's kind of where we're at. It's not on. It's not. Um, I suppose uncommon not to have it. That's what a, a lot of firms are, are not getting there. But we're starting to see a lot more. Starting to when they go down this offshoring journey, they're starting to build out their ideal people strategy, um, which is a thing with time, I guess. The so if we look into your current um, team that you've got offshore, the two team members, how do you plan mm -hmm. to keep growing them, their capability, and their performance? Um, they're, they're both doing great. And one of the things that we've, um, kind of fallen down on is, um, having some KPIs for them, um, so that they know that they're doing, uh, successful, uh, they're being successful. And um, we, you know, we of course tell them they're doing great, but that's hardly measurable. Um, and so that's one of the things that we want to do is we want to set some KPIs for them now that we've kind of started to stabilize in, in what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and, and one in particular is, is getting so fast we're, we're actually having to find another, other things for her to do. So um, we are definitely trying to make a plan um, on how best to, to grow our team's capabilities and strengths. And um, really, we're just in the exploratory phase of, of what that looks like. Excellent. So what are your top three tips for managing your offshore team for someone that hasn't done that, hasn't gone down this journey yet? Yeah, get clear on what you want, set really clear expectations, and know that you need to, I mean, when we work in an office, we take for granted that if we need to talk to somebody, we can just run over to their desk real quick. And sometimes when people shift to an offshore person, um, that can be a bit of a struggle. Um, and um, offshore people can do pretty much anything that onshore people can do. You just have to have a little bit of technology and a, a little bit of mindset shift. Um, instead of running to someone's desk, you have a quick Zoom call, or we do, we use Skype as an instant messenger, um, and you know we're now talking with them pretty much all day long, um, which I think has been the thing that has made this um, having an offshore team most effective is just that constant communication. Was that three? <laughs> yeah, couldn't I, yeah, I mean, that's great. I couldn't agree more with the particularly the last one, the communication. So how has offshoring benefited your clients so far? Um, because we don't have to take care of, you know, our, our upper level CPAs and accountants don't have to deal with some of those repetitive um, activities. Um, we we can send that off to um, our offshore team, and they do it um, and they do it consistently and predictably in a way that um, 
it allows um, our team that actually interfaces with our clients, which we're all doing on Zoom right now, um, instead of dealing with the, the behind the scenes type of work. And so that's really made us be able to uh, work with more clients overall um, because um, that time has been freed up and um, we've actually uh, reduced hours, especially during tax season. Um, you can find people um, there at one o'clock in the morning um, still trying to get things done by the deadline. Um, and um, now we don't have that level of stress, which is making our team happier overall. Um, and um, we're having a lot less burnout, as you can imagine. Yeah, that's a huge one. And that, and that really jumps into my next question, which was, has the offshoring um, contributed to giving you and the business locally um, more work-life balance? But you answer that in that, you know, people aren't working the hours, which is, which is a great positive. And, yeah, so, absolutely. So has offshoring had an effect on the profitability to the business yet? I mean, you're, you're 12, coming into 12 months in. Has it, has it had an effect on profitability? I mean, it's starting to because we can um, take on more clients than we've been able to in the past, just be simply because of the hours in the day. Um, you know, that, that cost is is starting to, our profit margin is starting to grow a little bit because of that. Um, and um, hopefully we can continue to grow enough that we can continue down that, down that path. Excellent. So I'm going to ask you a little bit of advice. What is one bit of advice that you would give your younger self from a business point of view? Mm, that's a great question. Um, you know, one of the things, and you know, some people might not think this is a, a business strategy, but it really has been for me, is um, learning to be vulnerable um, with your clients as well as your um, team members, because it, it makes you more of a person. And I think a lot of times, especially me in the past, that vulnerability made me feel weak. Um, but in reality, it's a strength because it really builds relationships and connections, which is really what all business is about. Love that one. So one bit of advice that you would give your younger self from a personal point of view? Uh, build healthy habits when you're young because it's a lot harder when you get older. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more on that one. <laughs> so what is the biggest myth or objection you've heard about having an offshore team and is it true? You know, the biggest myth that I've heard, and I've even heard it within our office, um, is that you can't have offshore people do the same things that people in the office can do. And that's not true at all. I mean, with the technology that we have today, there's really nothing um, that people can't do. They can interface with clients through technology. They can um, deal with whatever accounting needs that we have, no problem. Um, and, and as far as communication, I mean, we answered that earlier, just learn to use technology a little bit better and it's just as good as um, 
having them in the cubicle next door and you don't have to hear about their cat stories. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more. So for someone looking to grow their business or their team, what's the best piece of advice that you've heard and implemented that you could pass on to, to them? You know, um, bringing people on it is really important. And whether they're in the office or offshore, they really need to fit within your culture. Um, I think our two members do that. Um, and, um, you know, that is what that means is different to every company. Um, you know, every company has their mission and values. And if you have people who don't really want to uh, participate in the that mission or values then you're not going to get the cohesion and the success that you want so yeah it really comes down to uh, cultural and values finding the right people that's great advice so for any of our listeners that want to reach out to you what's the best way for them to find you um, I am on LinkedIn. Um, personally, I am at, um, you can, I am H-E-A-P-O-R if you want to search that on LinkedIn, or if you want to uh, reach out to Drill Down Solution, um, you can go to LinkedIn, and it's Drill Down, that's one word, and Solution, which is another word, and that's singular, so Drill Down Solution. You put that into LinkedIn, and you can reach us there, or you can meet, reach us through um, Facebook on Messenger. Um, you can find us on Facebook under Drill Down Solution, all one word. Excellent. I must um, compliment you on your website. I, I love your website, and I particularly oh, love the button that says, show me the money, and then it goes <laughs> through to the, um, to the booking page. I haven't seen that um, sort of... I haven't seen that from a from a business before, and I love it. I think it's it just really shows the yes. culture and the business all in in a few words. So, you um, know, we are we are very serious about accounting, but we like to have some fun with it. So, um, if that's what you're looking for in an accounting firm, let us know. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's great. I mean, that plays into that authenticity that you spoke about, and I think that's so important. Um, and, uh, you know, I just want to compliment you on, on the website really shows and speaks to who you are as people. It's, you know, it's very great in the nation. Um, and, yeah, I think a lot of people, our listeners could just learn from that aspect alone, let alone everything else that you've given us. So I appreciate all of um, your time today and the answers that you've gone through. There's been so many gems within what um, you've, you've, you've shared with us today, so I do appreciate that. My pleasure. Um, and let me know if there's anything we can do for you. Excellent. All right. Take care. Thanks again, Hannah. Thanks. Bye. To follow our podcast and get insights from leading accountants, simply visit theoutsourcedaccountant.com or visit iTunes or SourCloud and head to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. To connect with me personally, just look for my Twitter handle at Nick Q Sinclair or find me on LinkedIn at Nick Sinclair. Thanks. Have a great day.